Hello and welcome to The Pound in Your Pocket, the weekly business and finance news briefing for students. I'm Luke Brown and these are the main stories this week. Western nations' economic sanctions on Russia continue to inflict severe pain on the country's economy as its invasion of Ukraine intensified. UK house prices rose by 12.6% in February, taking the average house price to over £260,000 for the first time. And Waterstones, the UK's largest book company, bought academic book company Blackwell's. Western sanctions are causing mayhem in the Russian economy. By Western countries, I mean the UK, Europe and the US, and usually Japan. By sanctions, I mean the financial restrictions imposed on Russia as punishment for its invasion of Ukraine, which began last week. The problem Western nations have is that Russia invaded another independent sovereign nation, Ukraine, effectively claiming it as its own. That's just not acceptable in their view. Western nations don't want to get involved in a potentially nuclear conflict with Russia, though, and so they're resorting to sharp economic attacks instead. The list of Western economic sanctions on Russia right now is long, but the most painful include preventing Western companies from engaging with the biggest Russian banks, except in energy, at least at the moment, given Russia's huge oil and gas exports to the West, as well as cutting some big Russian banks off from SWIFT, the most widely used international payment system. Russian government officials and influential business leaders, dubbed oligarchs, have been blacklisted, preventing them from travelling to certain countries and freezing their assets abroad, meaning that they can't use or sell them. But perhaps worst of all for the Russian state is Western nations' freeze on Russia's $630 billion worth of foreign reserves. This is the foreign currency in gold that the Russian state owns. Not being able to sell foreign reserves means that if your currency drops like a coin from a skyscraper, you don't have any backup foreign currency to support your economy. And that is exactly what has happened with Russia's currency, the ruble, which has fallen almost 30% since the beginning of this year, but most sharply since the invasion of Ukraine began. This is a new low in recent times. Russians are terrified that they won't be able to access cash soon, so massive queues have been forming outside bank branches across Russia. Foreign money is leaving Russia as Western businesses sell shares and even shut down their entire Russian operations. Many large, well-known companies, notably Apple, have suspended operations in Russia, and so no new iPhones are going to Russia, presumably until the Ukraine invasion ends. Needless to say, Russia is paying a high price for Putin's invasion of Ukraine. After Russia's invasion and takeover of Crimea, a former area of Ukraine with the majority of ethnic Russians, Vladimir Putin set out to make Russia less dependent on the West, but that hasn't quite worked out the way he planned. Russia is actually a bit more dependent on the West than it used to be, and the devastating impact of the latest sanctions demonstrates Russia's vulnerability to the West's financial dominance. It's possible that Russia might actually default, meaning that it wouldn't be able to repay its foreign debts. This last happened in 1998, when the Soviet Union, the Russian Empire of the 20th century, broke up. It is more likely that this will happen if Western nations take the more drastic non-military step of banning imports of Russian oil and gas. European nations are especially dependent on Russian gas to heat homes, so this would be very painful on the West as well as for Russia. But it's almost spring, and so, as Russia turns up the tempo on its illegal invasion of Ukraine, maybe it's worth Europe hoping for warmer weather to bring the conflict to an end sooner.
an Englishman's home is his castle, the old saying goes. Well, the prices that houses are at these days would make you think that almost every Englishman lives in a castle, but that's not so. House prices across the UK have been rising for years, most of all in London and the South East. This week, it was revealed that the average house price reached just over £260,000. This is the first time this has happened since records began in 1952. This is the seventh month in a row the house prices have been going up. The problem is that there aren't enough houses, or at least there aren't enough houses in the places where people want to live. This is especially bad for first-time buyers. Young people entering the workforce are really feeling the pinch. If you're young or youngish, say even in your 30s, you probably can't afford to buy a house or even to get a mortgage, a property bank loan for one. Building more houses would help. The government is trying to do just that with its commitment to build 300,000 homes a year by the mid-2020s. But these things take time. Until then, houses remain as impenetrable to first-time buyers as castles. Our final story is less dramatic than the economic crisis in Russia or crazy high house prices in the UK. This one is about books and the businesses that sell them. Waterstones, the UK's biggest bookseller, this week bought rival book company Blackwell's. Waterstones didn't reveal how much it had paid, but we can assume that it was higher than the price of a hardback, pricey though they are. Blackwell's is far smaller than Waterstones, with just 18 shops across the UK. Waterstones, by contrast, has almost 300, some of which are in Europe. But size isn't everything. Blackwell's niche is academic books, making their shops the panic stomping ground of university students frantically looking for the textbooks they need. Indeed, Blackwell's is actually the largest independent bookseller in the UK. Now that it's under Waterstone's wing, 143 years of family ownership has ended, but the chain will continue to trade under the name Blackwell's. Lockdowns were good for the book industry, it turns out. 212 million physical books were sold in the UK last year. That's the most in a decade. However, that didn't do enough to help Blackwell's. The company struggled during the COVID-19 pandemic, and earlier this year accepted defeat and put itself up for sale to prevent its shops closing. Waterstone's purchase means that there will be fewer players in the UK book market. But with so many bookshops closing these days, perhaps that is a price worth paying for the industry to turn the page on these tough times. That's the latest this week. We'll be taking a break for now, but thank you to everyone who has tuned in every week since this podcast began. <laughs>